Live from Cool Boys Central. You're the boss down there. I'm boss up here. From bat tips to bat nips, <laughs> we are just cool boys revisiting Batman, the animated series, and wearing hats. This is Batman and Beyond, a cool boys podcast. I see Batman and Beyond. <laughs> Greetings, <laughs> Mad Boy, Mad Nation, and welcome to another installment of Bat Mad and Beyond, a Mad Boy's podcast. I'm Mad Love Ballard. Aww. And I am Harley Quincade Steve. Her name isn't Harley Quincade. I don't know. It's Whatever. Harleen Quinzel <laughs> or Harley Quinn. <laughs> well, I fucked it up. So cool. It's super cool. Tonight's episode is Mad Love, directed by Butch Lukic, story by Paul Denny and Bruce Tim, Ooh. teleplay by Paul Denny. This episode What's with the sound? Aired. What's with the weird sounds? It's like I'm doing like a Cupid voice. It's like a Cupid voice for uh, I'll go even more Cupidy actually. <laughs> okay, I'll just do the carbon thing. <laughs> this episode aired on January 16th, 1999. This week's villains are the Joker and Harley Quinn. So cool. Wikipedia says. <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> says. Harley reflects on her first meeting with the Joker as she plots to eliminate her main competition or his attention. No man, this sounds. This is grating. I don't think people are just gonna turn it off. Like we have four listeners and they all just turned off after listening to Please. that. Please. Please, four listeners, don't turn off. Uh, here's a note. This is an adaptation of the Eisner Award-winning Ooh, 19... Eisner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Steve. Eisner. And guess what, Steve? It won the award for best single story Ooh. in 1994. I actually heard a rumor that you own this issue. I do, oh, Steven. Oh my gosh! Right here, I actually have the deluxe edition, and it comes actually it with something really amazing. Up, like you've been like masturbating. I, oh my god! Oh, dude, I for sure masturbated into this thing. This thing is full of like pinup like work, but um, it has <laughs> is it a forward... drawn by Bruce Tim. Yeah, drawn by Bruce Tim. Uh -huh. Um, he did all the uh, uh illustrations himself, and then he inked it himself because he was like so crazy about it. So it has a great forward by Paul Dini, and then it has a afterward by Bruce Tim. And let me tell you, Steve. Um, tell me. I think Paul Dini thinks they're friends, <laughs> but Bruce Tim is not the best of friends to Paul Dini. Tell me, tell me, gossip. Oh my God. Let's see. Steve, Maybe he's being funny too. Let's see if you no, just don't get sense no. of humor. Let's see. No, no. So I can pull some direct quotes uh, from the actual afterward and uh, the foreword, but like, pull it. it's kind of sad. So for instance, in the foreword, Paul Dini talks that essentially he came up with this idea of, of mad love 
he even talks about what mad love means to him and he, t- and he essentially sounds like he had a bunch of really toxic relationships <laughs> it really does it does and then at one point they apparently bruce tim and him both knew a friend that, and she was in a toxic relationship and she eventually got out so mad love in some extent is actually a true story but um this one though they they talk about how like diddy came up with it right and then he presented it to tim and that bruce tim kind of took it let's just say and did a lot of drawing on his own and edited the script a little bit on his own as he was drawing it and but but paul denny's like but you know bruce he's smart and he knows what to do kind of thing and he he kind of figured it out he knew what make a good story but i wrote it and he seemed to liked it but then if you kind of you know go and you look at the afterward by mr uh bruce tim um he kind of gets into things like how it was a story that he and Paul Denny created together and that he took a lot of Denny's work and just decided he wasn't going to draw it because it wasn't worth the time. Mm-hmm. He like literally says shit like that. You're like, whoa, dude. But you weren't going to draw some things just because you didn't want to draw what Denny wrote? He even talks about for no reason whatsoever – he talks about how there's a piranha that Denny even gave him for reference and as a gift. And that Denny said, I'm sorry, that Tim says he doesn't really like fish. So once they started to move offices, he just threw it away. <laughs> sorry. He literally wrote, sorry, Paul, in the afterword. Like stuff like that. Like you're kind of like, what the fuck? But he said, like, you know, bringing this uh, particular episode to the big screen or the small screen, the silver screen was interesting because he said he got a lot of stuff through that he didn't think would get through from his actual uh, art. And that um, that was essentially just a few things uh, where they told him to essentially change. Um, even in the book, actually, they even told him, like, essentially to change, like, only, only one panel. And it was Harley doing the, you want to rev up your Harley vroom vroom? Yeah. Well, apparently, like, in the, in the book, it's very similar to the animated uh, show. She's leaning forward like she's ride, riding a motorcycle. But apparently the first drawing was she's leaning back and she's doing <laughs> it with her legs spread open and up. Mm. And you're kind of like, yeah, I think, Tim, that's a little I, I, It's, uh, like, funny that risque. he, like, wants to push these lines when it's such a kid. It's still a kid's show. You know? Oh my God! So this is what he says, right? He he writes in this, right? Um, editor Scott P- uh, Peterson was a wee bit nervous about some of the sexier elements of the story, mostly in the Harley and Nep seduction sequence. I talked him into running most of it as is. Harley could keep her nighty as long as it was not, or as long as it was red, not any kind of see-through flesh color. I'm guessing the first round of coloring had a flesh color look to it. <laughs> What else did he say? He said um, uh, he had reluctantly signed off on her provocative poses in the first two panels of page 13, which is the uh, her on the desk. But panel three was redrawn as a request because I thought Paul's rev up your Harley line was brilliantly punny. And he had drawn or and, and, he, and Tim says he had drawn her as if she were riding on an old style chopper leaning back with her feet in the air. <laughs> It looked more goofy than dirty to me, but I agree to tone it down. Later, he talks about how Paul's biggest weakness. By the way, Paul Denny doesn't talk about Bruce Tim's weaknesses at all in his foreword. <laughs> but Bruce Tim decides in his afterward to talk about Paul Denny's biggest weaknesses. <laughs> Paul's biggest weakness as a writer is that he often writes too much good stuff among the scenes that, that didn't make like it past my pencil. No, it doesn't. 
Yeah, it does. No, his biggest weakness is he that he writes too much good stuff. good stuff. He put in quotes good stuff, quote unquote good stuff. Joker is riding an elaborate miniature funhouse roller coaster in his hideout while going over some of his favorite death trap plans. I thought it detracted from Joker's intense concentration. No time for pun or for fun. Gotta kill Batman. It went on too long. And come on, like I'm really gonna design and draw a miniature funhouse roller coaster. Less is more, especially <laughs> if you're lazy or on a tight deadline or both. Dude, remember, Danny only it says amazing funny. things. It sounds like he's pretty funny. Yeah, but he's calling he's himself funny lazy and uh, talking about a budget. <laughs> he also talks about how um, uh, Bullock was uh, there was going to be this whole exposition scene on page thirty-seven, and then he just literally stopped doing it. Where Denny wrote an entire sequence where Batman is getting the drop on some nightclub, and like there's a whole like action scene. And that's where Bullock meets up with Batman to be like, "Hey, this is what's going down." Uh-huh. Tim's just like fuck that and like literally you can see the pencil work on that panel where he started to draw it and then literally just scratches it out and then later it just becomes a bat signal and then them handing the tape going this tape showed up to Batman so they could put it on the TV and then the other thing he says that he said I seem to recall other little changes slash edits slash deletions but it was 10 years ago for Pete's sake I can't remember everything uh, uh, so anyways that was um uh, kind of funny how like Tim was a little bit more brash I guess about it yeah I guess you're just saying humorous but at the stake of Denny while well, Denny was talking about love uh-huh. what mad love meant to him and how great it was to work with Bruce Tim and the way he talks about Bruce Tim he's like was it was so reverent. good to always yeah he's like, he's like so good to always work with my buddy Bruce Tim he's always so busy and whenever we have time <laughs> in our busy schedules to get together I'm so happy and then like Bruce Tim's whole thing is like Danny's a fucking piece of shit here's his big weaknesses he, dr- he asked for me to draw stuff I'm too lazy I'm not gonna draw it sounds it. like you and me man I, I feel like this is <laughs> our relationship <laughs> but anyways yeah I'm just reading into it I think okay um so, uh, this is the last episode that will air of Batman the Animated Series. It'll actually air uh, on January 16th, 1999. Is the only episode to air in 1999. Ooh. And um, this will be the final episode to air of the Joker uh, until Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Or no, I think he's in some Justice Leagues, um, actually. Is he in but Superman? It, I thought there was a Superman episode. Or is I that earlier? That was uh, World's Finest. I don't think he's in uh, Superman anymore. Mm. Um he will be, however, in production order. He will show up again in episode 23, Beware the Creeper. Uh, so we are not done with the Joker yet. But at the time when this was released, this was our last time of seeing the Joker for a good chunk of time. So cool. So cool. <laughs> and and did you know at the time when you saw this, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to see the Joker ever again. <laughs> N- no. I mean, I had no grasp of like shows ending. At mm-hmm. the, you know, I actually don't think I saw this um, when it aired, to be honest. I think I did because this one is ingrained in my brain, but I have trouble separating my memories of this episode and the comic. Now, the comic I did not get in 94 mm-hmm. uh, when it came out. I got it several, several years later. But I um, I always have, like, memories of, like, the Little Shop of Horrors flash forward uh-huh. uh, that's in the comic book. And it never happens in the show, but I always felt like I saw it in the show. Like I, I remember like it animated. I guess I just read it in the comic and had it like animate in my head. I guess. What little but, shop of heart? I mean, they do have the dentist thing. No, no, I don't mean that. Sorry, the little shop of horrors. What I'm referring to is the uh, in little shop of horrors is that great flash forward where I uh, forget the girl's name is singing about uh, the fuck. I can't remember the main dude's name. 
and Rick and, they, Moranis, and it shows but I forget his name. Rick, the... Rick Moranis, yeah, it's Rick Moranis, the character. That, uh-huh. I don't remember his the character's name. God, why can't I remember his name? I want to say Charlie, but that's not right. That's like Willy Wonka. Anyways, so she's singing about if she gets to marry him and be with him someday, how great that would be because she's in a she relationship mm. with the dentist. And she dreams having kids with him and the white picket fence and all that stuff. And so, like, with Mad Love, like, that's how I immediately I see that. It's like one panel of Mad Love. But, like, that in that comic book, that's immediately what I see. I'm like, I'm, I'm playing that entire sequence of Little Shop of Horrors in my head. Like, the little kids running around that look exactly like the parents and all that shit. Seymour. So, Seymour, yeah. Suddenly Seymour is the name of the song. Yeah, suddenly Seymour. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I ha- I always think of that whenever I I read that flashback or, you know, remember it moving in my head. I don't know what the fuck I see the Joker in my head moving, but I've seen it in my head, I feel like. Where it's like Joker and little Jokers and little Harleys running around. Hmm. But it's not in this show, in fact. But they, they cut that panel out. There's a few... There's a lot of this show, this episode, that is cut down from the actual comic where they kind of removed a few panels here and there, trim up the dialogue, speed it up a bit. For the most part, this is an incredibly accurate adaptation of the comic book Mad Love with only maybe like three or four scenes that were removed. Now, is the Batman costume in Mad Love the old school one? Yeah, it is. It's, and commission- it's, 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 it's it's all drawn like it was. It would have been in '94. So yeah, Joker animated. has red lips. Joker has white eyes, not black eyes, and no red lips. Um, Harley is drawn a little bit more round and a little less like this bulky way they do it, kind it, of boxy you know, way. They, you just talk. So I'm at the part watching this with Harley coming out in her nightgown and her yeah. legs are spread. The camera go, go zooms in between her oh, legs yeah. to the follow comic's worse. Joker. The comic's even more intense because it's see through. So she's like actually like you can kind of see like. Like what? What do you call it? The thigh gap or whatever, right? Like it, it's it's pretty it's pretty sexy in the comic, and it's shocking that they get away with it. But there's more shocking stuff in the comic, actually, um, Steve, than uh, oh, yeah. just that moment. There's actually much more implications of sex in the comic itself. So first of all, there's a scene before this that's actually cut out that's from the comics. Uh, they left out the sequence where. Batman goes back to the Batcave and he sits down with Alfred and they talk about how Harleen Quinzel, the doctor, actually wanted to do like a self-help book and get huge that way. And Batman goes over her college career and he talks about essentially how her college career, she just wanted to fuck her way to A's and shows her literally (laughs) with a D minus and she turns around goes to the professor's room, sexily stands at the door. The next shot, his clothes have been taken off. He's got hearts swirling around his head. His glasses are all strewn about his head. And she's walking away with an A+. Uh-huh. So it's very obvious that she did something to him. Mm-hmm. And it was probably incredible because she looks amazing. I mean, Bruce Tim, let's just say his pervy pinup style, he uses like all and every fucking frame of Harley. Like, <laughs> The scene where she's gassing Batman in the in the dentist's office, her she's doing like like doggy style in the comic books, right? In this, it's just her hand and, and a hose. You don't uh. get the doggy style. Speaking of that dentist scene in the 1999 episode we're watching, uh, Joker's punny line is "May the floss be with you." I like Mark that. Hamill. I know. I had a little note. This is what it, this is what it was in 1994. Keep flossing and watch those between meal snacks. <laughs> It is it is horrible. I, I definitely think May the Floss Be With You is a, is a They already one. had Mark Hamill in 94. Yeah. There's no reason it shouldn't have been still May the Floss Be With You. It's way better. It's good way call, better punch up. Whoever wrote yeah. that. <laughs> so Paul Dini is apparently the guy that punched up this story yeah, for the animation. Puns, I guess. But it feels like 
Bruce Tim kind of did it and then told Diddy to take credit for it or something like that. Tim, Tim's like, dude, cut back, cut back, keep cutting, keep well, cutting. Well, he had mentioned cutting. before that uh, Paul had was came up with a good pun about the Harley thing. So I would think that he probably also yep. came up with the better line on, uh, you know. The yeah, other one. I would think you're right, except for after reading the afterward and forward, I would assume that Paul Denny sucks and Bruce Tim did it all. <laughs> Dang. I, I and think, honestly, from at least, I'll have to read that forward in more detail. You have to, because the way it's written, it almost sounds like It sounds like gave, they weren't being friendly. Like he was being does, funny. It does. And it sounds like they have a really good relationship. But what happens is I think Denny hands over a script to Tim. And then Tim just literally drew it out real quick and did it the way he wanted to do it. And then Denny was like, oh, nice changes, I guess. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, we just saw Poison Ivy. So that would mean, just so we're clear, that this sequence we're watching of Harley and Quinzel, Dr. Before Harley and Quinzel. Before she's for, Harley. First time, yeah. First time she's Harley, or first time she meets the Joker before she's Harley, happened sometime after Pretty Poison. So this happens in season one because yeah. her first episode was actually episode 22 of the first season, Joker's Favor. I don't know if they actually try to make it work out so well, but it, it, I guess you can try to. This happens somewhere between Pretty Poison and Joker's Favor. Uh-huh. But um, wow, was <laughs> it like how many episodes is that? And also, you don't know how like, many episodes is that. I can tell you exactly how many episodes that is between episode five. That that's Pretty Poison, right? And Joker's Favor, which is episode. What did we say, Steve? I want to see if you remember. Five, he said. Joker's Favor is not episode five? You said it. Okay. I said I don't know. 22. It's 22. It's 22. It's 17 episodes in between. Mm. Plenty of time for her to do these scenes. I guess. But, yeah. But yeah. Um, it's kind of funny how uh, manipulative and obvious it is, you know, that Joker yeah, well, sure. is manipulating her and she thinks otherwise. But, it, you know, it's fun to see this sort of uh, classic thing where Joker's telling her lies. And it kind yeah. of reminds me of the same bit that happens in um, The Dark, the Dark Knight. Knight. Yeah. Where? In fact, I almost wonder if the Dark Knight's referencing this because so later in the episode, there's a whole line about, you know, Batman's like, was it the line about the abusive father or about the runaway mom? He's gained a lot of sympathy with that one. But in the comic, he says, was it the line about the abusive father or the one about the alcoholic mom? Of course, the runaway orphan story is particularly moving, too. He's gained a lot of sympathy with that one. So what I thought was like, is that is that maybe something that TDK actually took from? Because he has the first time he talks, he talks about an abusive father, right, in, in The Dark Knight. The second time he talks, he talks about his wife, essentially, was had a gambling addiction, right? So alcoholic kind of mom, wife. It's very similar. And then he's going to do a third one where he talks to Batman. He says, you know how I got these scars? And Batman goes, no, but I know how you got these, right? So we never find that one. Was that one going to be a runaway orphan? Was that one going to be like, I was a runaway orphan? That would be a deep cut, I guess. That would have been way deep because Mad Love was 94 at that point, right? And this would have been a 98 or 99 released episode. So several years. It would have been at least uh, nine years for um, this episode, but it would have been, you know, 15 years from um, the uh, release of the comic. I like how um, when Batman drops Joker off all beat up and Harley's like crying, like it's a pretty obvious. It should be pretty obvious to everybody there that like... 
she's <laughs> you know something's wrong you know like why is she crying oh, yeah. so much she's weird she's acting way too weird yeah she's stressing out about this why is she crying about it they, it's funny that the show actually removes a lot of harley's vo that kind of explains some of those moments but even that particular set of panels steve has no vo has no narration it is there it's completely silent just like the way it was kind of done in the show without anyone actually saying anything and talking about anything the um even the part i thought was kind of more interesting in the comic was when Joker's talking about his abuse from his uh, father. There's a few more panels about it where he says, I still like to think he was aiming for my fanny when he talks about how his dad punched him in the, the nose and broke his nose for putting on his pants and then ripping the crotch out uh-huh. to do the joke for his dad. Um, he says, I still think he was aiming for my fanny and miss. At least that's what I told myself when I woke up in the hospital three days later. It's mentioned in her notes, uh, woke up in the hospital three days later. It says that in her notes or something, mm-hmm. but they never say that line. Hmm. But when I read that line, I'm like, fuck, dude. That is such a really violent image to think of. of like a little kid trying to like make his daddy laugh and his dad put him in the fucking hospital with a broken nose that he woke up three days later. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe that was going too far and that's maybe the reason why they cut it out. I'm not sure. But what you do get moments after that is you get um you see joker's actual origin story play out for the first time animated yeah and it's exactly batman 1989 storyline right it's batman knocks him into the into the acid and then he comes out and he looks at his face and all that shit but that's the first time we kind of got this confirmation that is his origin in this universe yeah they've alluded to it though like i thought pretty heavily they have alluded to it yeah they definitely have but we this is like i mean you saw it play out oh for sure no, it w- for the first time it was interesting the I like uh, the part where I th- we haven't got into it yet I guess right now where finally Harley you know captures Batman and Batman's all scary when he's laughing you know they kind of reminded me of the last laugh or whatever it is yeah. where he's like scarily laughing and then like later on telling her basically like you, you, you won I wouldn't have been able to do it unless uh, I got the Joker to come. Yeah, she actually did have him for the first time ever, yeah. Um, earlier, actually, I just want to kind of mention, just because we did pass that scene, is we talked about a moment ago, the Little Shop of Horrors flash forward, I called it. In that same panel, Steve, uh-huh. you have uh, Harley cooking in the kitchen, and Joker is reading a newspaper with the headline that says, Thousands Die in Mysterious Sanitation Explosion. And he's, like, all happy about it. <laughs> the kids are running around with the boy trying to poison the little girl. And the little girl's like, Dad, you know, so-and-so's trying to poison me. JJ, I think he says. JJ's trying to poison me. And the Joker's like, what do I say? Poison him right back. And then on the ground, you have a Barney toy but that's been, like, stabbed with a knife. You have a Barbie toy that's head's been cut off. And you have Batman's head mounted on the wall and a Buster and Babs bunny hanging from nooses classy yeah so again another little slight nod to the tiny tunes world you know that paul denny worked on that one so i think that that's yeah, he did um a we talked about wink. that in the past uh-huh yeah in fact that how he's like you know won um uh awards for both tiny tunes and um uh the show batman um so yeah i thought that was kind of interesting i like i like i kind of really missed that that's not animated <laughs> like I, I kept waiting for that like i was like wait did that that never happened like it's this weird mandela effect where like i remember it animated and it never uh, it never was animated again so weird oh so you're talking about how batman's laughing 
and how he stalls Harley, right? Mm-hmm. And then she eventually like second guesses herself enough because of Batman's doubts um, that she calls Joker and he he freaks out. That's almost exactly panel for panel. And then even the shot where Joker's driving away down the street is almost panel for panel, except there's a guy flying in the air in the in the comic looks like Joker killed possibly. But then you cut to another panel of Joker and he's and he's in the car and this is not in the show. And he's driving and he's upset about Harley and he's got Penguin, Two-Face and the Riddler and he has Penguin saying, "There goes the Joker, the guy whose girlfriend killed Batman and it's making him so mad." And then he's got Two-Face saying, I never thought he was funny to begin with, and that makes Joker even more mad. And then the Riddler goes, oh, yeah? That's what's his name? You know, Mr. Harley Quinn. And that just makes him steaming, right? <laughs> That's funny. He's like oh this my big God. chauvinist. He, yeah. it's, and, they really and, do show him as abusive, though, like the way he he's treats He's so Harley. abusive. It's so fucked up. Yeah. It's, and they try to play it off like, see, he was abused as a young boy. That's why it's okay to give you sympathy for the whole episode until Batman essentially let's lose the truth right mm-hmm. it says like no that's one of his many gets like that's one one of his many stories he tells people and you just fell right into it like that was a trap <laughs> she's like no is that true what are you talking about i do like you know it, i mean it goes as far as joker getting so pissed off is knocking harley out the window and then when she falls Killing her. basically she should have died but she yeah. says something I think I wrote it she was like my fault I, I didn't get the joke or something is like what she said um, yep. after falling out the window you know it's like she's so Dude, that far gone earlier in the episode he shoots acid at her that's exactly like he does it in the comic he shoots acid at her and in both this and in the comic she goes woo like she's like oh but she realizes that the acid is destroying the Batman doll she goes woo <laughs> like oh my god I got out of the way thank god but yeah, I mean, Joker storms in there and he backhands her and then he fucking hits her with the fucking like swordfish that she's using to protect herself and she flies out a fucking window and falls all the way to this alley below. The backhanding it, too, I mean, for a kid's cartoon, they cut away, but it's definitely like, you know, it's, hard. it's very implied, the yep. abuse, which is surprising, I feel like, for a kid's cartoon. It is. It is, definitely. I mean, obviously he's a villain, but... I think oh, for people sure. would but be like, scared. But as a villain, there's like lines that you don't cross while tra- while telling yeah. a story for children. That's because right? they're supposed to like be somewhat in love with each other or whatnot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, when Harley falls out of the window, that's they hardcore. hold this one shot the whole way down. In the comic, they do that angle, but they also do like a wider angle of her going down the alleyway. Uh-huh. And then there's a cutaway to um, Gotham City Police is on the way too. We actually see them jump into action earlier. And then we kind of see them showing up to Harley and helping her, actually. And then we see them coming in and busting Joker and Batman as everything's going on. But they never get involved enough. So they're clearly, like, you could just see as they were writing this storyline, they're like, oh, just cut them out. Just cut that whole section out. They don't do anything. They don't do anything for the story. They don't show up in the uh, end. They don't actually help at all. Um, but that was something that was kind of removed for this version. Uh, and they also seem to... Uh, remove another flash forward that Harley has. She had another quick flash forward in this moment where she was telling Bats, she's like so excited about Joker that she could like, you know, see her babies being born, getting married, growing old together. And they even talk about fucking when they're old. They're like, hey, you want to go home and fuck essentially? <laughs> like, it's like, what the hell? Like, this is actually in a kid's comic. You're kind of, it doesn't really like make a lot of sense. You're, it's kind of, you're kind of shocked uh, by it. What does exactly they say? Uh, so you want to fool around? Oh, you. <laughs> like, And they're old people sitting on a bench by the, uh, the side of the river or whatever. 
Yeah. That's funny. This was pretty hardcore, though, the ending. Uh, man, there's this great shot where they have both Batman and Joker on the train, but they're just showing their silhouettes uh, while Batman's cape is fluttering in the wind, and it it's, looks good. Yeah. Uh, who's the director again for this one? Butch Lukic? Yeah, he did a great job with this episode. It's a beautiful episode, and it's even the way he brings the panels to life or he stitches the actions in between the panels is really well done. Like, there's scenes where Joker grabs Harley by her, like, pigtails or whatever, and, like, you don't see how he grabs her in the comic, but, like, Butch Lukic shows you how that happens. And this is essentially the end of Joker. I mean, like, if... Joker should have died there. Like, that should have been... He did. Well, I mean, he left a rose. He left a rose for her, so that was a little hint that he's somehow still alive. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he did. But, like... Okay, that ending's all messed up, too, by the way. (laughs) And, you know, there's more Joker returns and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. And, and Justice League and, yeah. But and um, other stuff. The, it, it is, uh, that was, like, pretty hard. And you also don't see Batman bleed that often. So it was like, you know, he, he was bleeding from the mouth and he had knocked that Joker. Kicked. Yeah. Yeah. Knocked him so down. The ending of the monologues changed a little bit. They shortened it up. Essentially, the last page has been shortened up significantly. The, the the comic book kind of hits it a little bit harder that she's her own free woman, but the same thing happens, right? Feel better soon, and this is Jay, and in the comic, she she doesn't have the same response as she does in the show. In the show, she's like, you know, I just realized that I missed my angel or whatever. And she's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm right, Jay. Goes right, yeah, goes right back to him, and in the comic, she says, she gets asked by um the doctor. At, uh, that works there that uh, she had seen earlier in uh, fuck what was her name uh, Dr. Joan Leland right so she sees Dr. Joan Leland at the very end again and she and she kind of asks her well Harley hope you learned your lesson but probably not and to think you were once so strong so sure of yourself so tell me Harley how did it feel to be so dependent on a man that you give up everything for him gaining nothing in return and then Harley responds it felt like, and then she looks over, sees the rose, and then sees the sign or the card on it. Feel better soon, Jay. She goes, it felt like a kiss. Mm. And, like, Bruce Tim uh, provided his notes in the deluxe edition. And at the very end, he, he puts on the note, free at last, free at last, great God almighty, free at last. And and is she? Yeah, it doesn't is sa- she? that doesn't sound like she is. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. And so... They, they position this story because time has not done this story the best justice, realistically. Yeah. Um, in the 90s, it was a different time. You could write a story about this and then have the character run away from the villain but then fall back in love with the villain at the end and everyone go, aww. But today, with like the way the world works, it's not the best uh, analogy to tell. Be like, and she went right back to him. But it's real. I mean, that's the thing. When you have people in this weird, toxic love, they, as as I think Denny pointed out in his foreword, he talks about how they're essentially irrational people and blind to reality anymore. And she is. And she ever will be. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's sad. Yeah. It's not free at last. Free at last. Nah, I, don't, I wouldn't God think Almighty, so. Free at last. How many boys? Yeah. What's your boys? It is so tight. It is so tight. It, my boys are the tightest boys ever for this episode what does that even mean <laughs> my boys is so tight the, the tightest boys the tightest boys yeah. um i give this five out of five boys for sure yeah it's so good i give this one five out of five as well 
I bought the comic because of this episode. Ooh, uh, wow. And that's the reason why I I read it. So I, I, I definitely saw the show first. And then comic you second. Uh, thought you saw all the whole comic book as a show, apparently. At some point, I <laughs> it up in my brain. I don't know what the fuck happened there. What do you think? Did you give it five out of five? What do you think? Uh, yeah, you were talking over me, uh, but I said five out of five. <laughs> What'd you say? Sorry, I was drinking. <laughs> I said you were talking over me, mm. but uh, mm-hmm. five out of five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, five out of five. <laughs> Woo! Oh, this was fucking some great Mad Love stuff, Steve. Mm-hmm. Mad Love Nation. Tune in next week. Same Mad Love time. Same Mad Love channel. Mm-hmm. Cool boy, Bat Nation. Be sure to let us bat know what you bat thought of Mad Love mm-hmm. or what your favorite bat episode is uh. by bat emailing us at Batman and Beyond Cool Boys mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Uh. Also, please check out our other great Cool Boy Central content with the Cool Boys podcast on mm-hmm. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Patreon. Mm-hmm. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Cool Boys. Mm-hmm. Also, review us on iTunes. Uh. You can donate to us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. It only costs a buck, and you will receive special access to content too hot to air. Mm-hmm. You can find the Cool Boys on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Uh. Thank you for listening my mad love nation Mm -hmm. stay mad mad boy bat mad nation until next time stay cool bye (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's bizies from mad love ballard bizies from Mm, what was I? Was I Nightwing? I don't think I was Nightwing. No, you were like Harley Quinn Cade. <laughs> Biases from Harley Quinn Cade. Steve. I don't think I was Steve. You're just Harley Quinn Cade? Yeah. What's that mean even? What is that? Is that even a person? It was a mistake. So cool. Batman. And beyond. Oh, yeah. Batman and beyond. Oh yeah!